Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, Holly. Hey, Dave. Welcome to the What Difference Does It Make podcast. Yes, welcome. And uh, we're so happy for two reasons. Reason A is because we are now proud members of Pantheon Podcasts, the music podcast network. Nice. And reason B is because we're talking to Jefferson Starship. We continue our talk. Did I get that correct? We are talking. We are. We are continuing. We're still our talking. Talk we're still with talking. Jefferson Starship. These guys were great. We're having a lot of fun with them and learning a, a lot about their history and uh, with everything that's uh, that's new with the band. So let's get right into it, shall we? We shall. So that is exciting. Though you're talking about playing these, um, I, I went through your set list, and you're, you know, like a new band, you're playing songs that have not been released yet to to an audience that. Uh, you know, that doesn't know these songs. So that's kind of exciting. Did you get feedback, like how to improve these songs or what, you know, did, were you able to fine tune these songs by playing it, testing it on the road? I think we played it different every night. Uh, what are Mostly we what are we for? waiting yeah. for? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Became a, um, we've been playing that for a couple of years. Yeah. It's um, really evolved. Yeah, it has. <laughs> so, we're still, it's kind of we're a still, But that, yeah. that, the, the recording that's on, on the record that was like, from the jam session, yeah, a mic, you know, one stereo mic hanging from the ceiling, mm. and that that was the drum track. You got the and drum it was, track from that. It was like, I mean, that is amazing. It's so amazing. It's like so. That is so amazing. It had such a vibe. We tried to go record it in a studio and replace it, but it didn't have a vibe. Those <laughs> so drums have to- those drums have a great mojo. That's what it is. The one <laughs> yeah. mic mojo. <laughs> yeah. So one mic on the drum. There, so where, where, how did that come about? Because usually you have to mic all, you know, every oh, single wow. drum. Well, it was, we were just having a jam session. This was the initial thing where all of these uh, took place, and uh, it just so was we're like we captured it to see what what was going to come out of it. So David Listen back. Had, yeah. had a a mic hanging from the ceiling. That I don't know. Is it always there? Maybe. <laughs> Uh, it's, it's a it's a stereo ribbon mic, yeah. So we were in the room where David is sitting right now. Yeah, it's got yeah. a high ceiling, and that's great for tracking drums. So he had this mic hanging down, and Donnie picked up his mallets and started playing that drum groove. The, the mm. kind uh, of tribal thing, yeah. The tom groove, and the whole song grew out of that. And what are we and waiting for? The the mic <laughs> captured. 
that and it's unbelievable that it ended. Rest is history. Yeah. explain it. it that song was meant to be but how it started was was pretty amazing that's pretty incredible considering how much time you spend in a studio miking drums correctly yeah 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 we did that on all the other songs yeah, yeah. we wanted to record it with an old boom box you know but we didn't have one so we used a mic <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> that would give it flavor and Definitely. So, and so I've, I've, I also heard you got that title from a member of, of Jefferson Starship Airplane. What was, what are we waiting for? Is like, is that a catchphrase or what, where, how'd that come about? That was a, that was a Paul Cantner thing. I mean, I don't know how long he had said it before I came back to the band, but I noticed it right away. Um, there was, you know, a lot more when you showed up. You never knew as far as, you know, we kind of had the core of what we were going to do on stage, but you never knew if Paul was going to call off some song that maybe I didn't fucking know. Excuse me. Um, <laughs> That's all right. You can curse. Um, it's a podcast. Um, we're, it's a, we're all okay. adults here. And oh, so, I mean, he would do kind of this pose, you know, what are we waiting for? But I remember most of the time in between songs, he's, he's trying to get us to do a song mostly my attention and saying, what are we waiting for? He'd come up on the drum riser and, and kind of get in my ear and, and, and say, what are we waiting for? You have kind of a weird deep voice. <laughs> and uh, it kind of went into this little joke where we always kind of said that to each other. What are we waiting for? I don't do hugs. Oh, stop. You know, and all the little things that Paul would say and do and, and, and the Paulisms. And, and I came up with kind of a melody for, for the, those words. What are we waiting for? And, and, and kind of a little thing on the bridge. And Kathy just ran with it and, and came up with great words. And it, it turned out to be as silly as, it, as the idea is in how it kind of started. For me, anyway, it, it's amazing what it turned into. But what are we waiting for came from Paul uh, mm-hmm. about telling me you know do you not know this <laughs> what are we waiting for i go no i don't know this what is this and uh so i don't know it's 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 a weird explanation of of kind of that that spectrum of where he came from and who he was and and that was a paulism what are we waiting for they turned into what are we waiting for the song and kathy, really nice kathy again yeah. kathy again wrote some great words 
That's a great tribute. Yeah, so we love him. We miss him. Yeah, that's great that you're that he's he's in the studio with you when you when you Absolutely. create this. I, yeah, he's he's definitely around. I mean, we feel yeah. him all the time. Mm. He's one hundred percent the inspiration for this record from beyond. And I personally don't believe that death is the end. And I think Paul is still out there and I absolutely think he's uh, working on this record with us. <laughs> Saying, and, what are we waiting for? <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I mean, it's, it's really, I mean, it feels really magical the way it's all come together and the timing yeah. and everything. And uh, you know, we went through a little rough period after he passed away and it was a hard, you know, rebuilding for us. And, and, you know, this is, this record is important for us to, to, you know, assert that we are Jefferson Starship. You know, this is this is our band. We deserve to be here. We belong here. And this is the new music. And we're bringing in the past, the originators who have given it to us, and including our dear David, who's with us, and and continuing to go. And we're going to keep going forever. I love that. Yeah, we we definitely have you know, the Starship blessing, comes and takes us away. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, I I always kind of looked at it as as kind of like you know I I grew up loving the Los Angeles. I'm sorry, I'm from Los Angeles. I grew up loving the Los Angeles Dodgers in the 70s. Oh, I know, I know. I'm I'm sorry. Oh, you're a Giants fan. I'm sorry. Don't ruin it now. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. We we were having a loving moment here, but I still you know. Steve Garvey is no longer playing first base for the Dodgers, and yet I still love the Dodgers. I still follow them. I don't know. Uh, I, I understand. Who, I knew who the I knew who the penguin was. Oh, Remember the penguin? That was Ron, Ron Say. Ron Say. Ron Say. That's right. <laughs> yes. Now we got Justin Turner, but it is what it is. It is so what it is. You're comparing. You're comparing so, the Dodgers to Jefferson Starship. I, I'm just saying comparatively, like or like any any sports team, you you follow a team because you love them. You follow the Starship because you kind you love everything from six. You know everything they created yeah. from Wood, Wood, Woodstock on on, on to today. So I, yeah. I think that's wonderful. It's you know you guys have that clearly have that spirit going. And the rule is we always put Jefferson right in front of the starship. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, um, people say starship, but you know, which is we we understand and they mean well, but you know, we are the Jefferson starship. No, starship conjures up a whole different band. You know, yeah, <laughs> no, I was in that band from the beginning yeah. till close to the end. Um, yeah. Just a different direction. You know, I was talking about it yesterday. On the interview, it's when I joined the band. It was Jefferson Starship and Paul and Grace, and everybody was there. And a great, great band. And then it just kind of went a whole different direction. And Paul was not having any of it. And you know, one by one, people got disinterested. And there was new producers and songs being sent from who knows where to maybe be on the record. And there was no, really, no getting together and writing. It was just a whole different vibe. I mean, I always say it was a great time, mm-hmm. um, but I, I always knew that there was no substance to any band, especially that band, to not still have some type of piece of what it was in the, in, in the beginning, uh, like this band does. And we, we do this without even trying. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the Starship was... It just kind of went. I mean, it has a lot to do with who's who's running the show and producing, and and who wants to be in charge, and uh, <laughs> not a whole lot of communication. I'm not saying the whole thing was a nightmare because it wasn't. I mean, things like that, you know, you look back on and learn from, and, and you go, "Thank God." Um, 
for that. It was fun. I mean, you know, we sold a lot of records, but it was nothing that was very real to me and, and some of the other guys in the band. And, and it just kind of went its own way and, and kind of, as we say, the ship was sinking. <laughs> um, hey, I have there, to there say, as a songs. fan at the time, yeah, it was good. I, enjoy, I loved you those loved records. It. I didn't... Yeah. I was young... I'm not saying anything against those songs. And yeah, those we didn't know. Uh, <laughs> from my perspective, as a young fan who was, you know, 13 or 14 when I discovered Jefferson Airplane, I didn't mind at all. I was excited yeah. that the band that I was really into was putting out new music. And yeah. it was getting played on the radio. Exactly, that, exactly. That was exciting, and I got to see you guys in concert. Yeah. How was that right? Uh, Do you, where was yeah, that? I, Can you tell us where? In 1983 at the Holiday Star Theater in Merrillville, Indiana. That was uh-huh. Jefferson um, Starship. And that I was, was not old enough to drive. My uh, our, our friend's older sister drove us. To Indiana, and I, and my parents let me go out on a school night. It was a big deal, and we were like in the very farthest back of the balcony. Mm. But it was Donnie, David, Grace, Paul, Pete Sears, Craig Jacuso, oh. and is that everybody? Mickey yeah, Mickey Thomas. Uh, well, Mickey, yeah, <laughs> oh, I, I, yeah, Mickey Thomas. Amazing. I saw singer. that same tour yeah. in San Francisco that in like March of '83. Yeah, it was a hell of a band. That was a hell of a band. It's amazing. Um, both Jude, that was our. Both of us saw yeah. <laughs> Jefferson Starship for the first time the same year. Yeah. And it was one of my first concerts I ever went to. For yeah, sure. it was like my fourth concert after the Who and ACDC and Ozzy Osbourne. Oh, well, yeah, whatever those, happened, those were great times, man. Those were great times. Yeah. Whatever we happened to those guys? Either I've to, never like, heard those meet bands. You guys back then. <laughs> yeah, imagine yeah, yeah. that oh, all these years later. Oh, that's amazing. I know. Here we are. Okay, we're talking with David Freiberg, Kathy Richardson, Donnie Baldwin, Chris Smith, and Jude Gold of Jefferson Starship. We're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back. On the What Difference Does It Make podcast with Jefferson Starship. All right. So speaking of being a, a kid and hearing Starship for the first time, David Jefferson you, Starship. Jefferson Starship. Can, uh, <laughs> David, you have to tell me about the Star Wars holiday special because I know. <laughs> can you tell me? What, do you have any remembrances of being on that? Being part of that? Were you able to interact with any of the Star Wars people or anything? Absolutely none. <laughs> <laughs> we were there we were there at Universal Studios and and Burbank nothing was going on in the whole sound stage except they were figuring out a way to film us doing that one song that was going to show up on a little laser player in the middle of the movie <laughs> light the sky on nobody fire else, is what you nobody played. else was there <laughs> tell about tell the story about the microphone that's the best ever Oh yeah, let's well, see. Marty Marty was in the band then. That was that was probably the last thing he ever did. <laughs> <laughs> Until he's played with Paul in the nineties. What's but, the microphone story? <laughs> the microphone story. Yeah, well, they gave Marty, who was the lead, this 
piece, this is this like rod of wood that was painted green, you know, so it would, you know, that was like the green screen so they could make it into whatever it was, you know. A lightsaber. It was a lightsaber. It's a lightsaber. Oh, it, was, it, was, it was a saber microphone. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, everybody else was singing backgrounds. They gave me, I was playing some kind of weird, what do you call it? A keytar. A keytar. Yeah. It was a keytar. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. Totally seventies. You can't get any more. Let's 70s bring that back. Yeah. I'm just saying. <laughs> please, uh, please do. Wookie costumes. <laughs> no, we we were just kind of I don't know weird costumes. I don't think they were any Wookies or anything. Oh. Anyway, but oh. Paul got really annoyed that he didn't get a a, a green microphone, and uh, I don't want to tell this story. <laughs> Why? It's hilarious. It's so hilarious. And, and, so and rock and roll. And so he says, if, if I don't get one of those, I'm not playing. And he went back and sat in the, sat in the trip. <laughs> I mean, you got to admit, it's pretty cool. A, oh, it looks like God. a lightsaber, and you sing it. Yeah. That is yeah. so funny. I want one. I guess they I got one. I do, too. I guess they got one because he did it, but you never you never saw, you never saw it in the, in the did you? <laughs> What are we waiting like, for? That's right. There you go. Like, we're, waiting entire, for, we're waiting for a saber mic. What are we waiting for? <laughs> I <laughs> will not entire, play. Entire film crew, and Paul will play unless he gets his green microphone. <laughs> right, and you got the whole, whole state. Whole, they're like, but we didn't make it. We only made one. We got everybody. And we they're only, sitting around twiddling their thumbs for 45 minutes. I will not the, play. They had to go to the prop shop and build him a new one because we only wanted one. Lucas Films, they could do that. Come on. <laughs> and that seems fair. I mean, you are Jefferson Starship. Hilarious. That's that is, that's an ultimate Paul Kantner life. right there. That's yeah. it. Paul I love it. That's him, man. He, yeah. Rock his motto rock. was F you. We do what <laughs> yeah. we want. <laughs> Why are we here? <laughs> Uh, so do you still have it? That's what I want to know, David. Do you still have the the uh, microphone, the the lightsaber? No, oh, that belonged to property. I did have a fun time today that was pulling all, that, that up and watching. That was watching all that. I ever saw. I don't think I ever ever even bothered to watch it. Oh, it's on YouTube. As, I know. I saw yeah. As is Kathy singing um, a kid song on, on Nick Jr. But what, I see, what am I singing? You're si- I saw you on Nick Jr. You're singing um, like rock and roll freeze tag or something like that. Oh, yeah. That yeah, is the best. It is the best. <laughs> I have. There are some other uh, songs that I sing that are semi-anonymous because my face isn't on them, but um, some other Nick Jr. stuff uh, about ducks <laughs> and fruit salad. There's a lot. There, yeah, I mean, if yummy, you, yummy. <laughs> yummy, yummy. <laughs> We have kids. Yeah, we don't. <laughs> yeah. But Freeze Dance is so cool because A, it's a great song, and B, you're just starring in the scene with all these Muppets all around you. I mean, I don't know if they're technically Muppets, no. but these puppets. <laughs> yeah. Still counts. They are. They're, they're, they are technically, I mean, it's all the same. It's Henson. The tears are from, they all worked on Sesame Street. They were their own. So cool. They made their own production company called Spiffy Pictures. Yeah, and I did some stuff, a bunch of stuff for them, and they did Jack's big music show that I was on, yeah. and I I had a few on camera episodes, and then I was a voice of Jack's mom on every episode. <laughs> Jack, I based it on my sister. Yeah. <laughs> Jack, <laughs> come on, you got. We've got to go to pole vaulting lessons. 
It just is the really hard Chicago the accent. Chicago, yeah, there you go. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I can't hear yours, Kathy. Where's you. your okay. accent? Well, I, I am born. Well, I was she's, born she's, here. She's got that stuff, man. I oh, my God. It. Donnie, I got to tell you, Cappy's. What? Cappies, they make they're making it into a swim school. They're like building it into a swimming pool. Oh, I pool. love! I used to love that place and get some pancakes. Pancakes at Cappies. Cappies pancakes. <laughs> wow! When the guys come visit me here, and we go to the local places. They just marvel yeah. at the thickness of the Chicago yeah. accents. It's I love funny. it though. Yeah, I love it. for real. Yeah. Oh, it is its I've own music. It's hard to try to try to you know tamp tamp it yeah. down, but it's, we love Chicago. Yeah, Kathy, your accent extraction surgery had went really well. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks. Well, I heard myself on on audio too many times, and I said, oh, "You can really notice go. it." Yeah. yeah. Like, well, I don't well, listen notice, to I yourself. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> A voice coach, an accent Kathy, coach. Kathy, listen to yourself. <laughs> yeah, Kathy. Kathy. <laughs> All right. So, so speaking of impersonating, you you did <laughs> you you were able to impersonate Janis Joplin. You did I Janis. How is yeah. I mean you you do Janis Joplin and and how is Janis's voice and Grace Slick? How are they alike or or different? I mean, what what are the similarities between their voices? They're both powerhouses, but in different ways. How how would you define that? Yeah, I don't think their voices are similar at all. I think um, they're two complete. They're coming from two completely different directions, but they're in the same time and space in history. And as two very strong female singers, that you know, for for people in my generation, became like deities. Like they are the yeah. goddesses of rock, and they are you know everyone, all of us bow to them, and we don't exist without them. So that's how I feel about both Grace and Janice. Although, you know, having gotten into each of their different music, uh, they're completely different. You know, Janice was from the South. She was, uh, came from nowhere, basically Port Arthur, Texas. And she was very isolated, um, outsider in a small, small minded world. And she, learned about music by going to the library and listening to these, checking out these blues records. And she was, had proximity to Louisiana and she would, you know, hitchhike or they'd go drive over there and go listen to the blues clubs. And she was so influenced by the black music and, and the soul and the spirit and the, the plight. And she was an outsider. She was an outcast. She was, you know, ridiculed. And, you know, when she came to San Francisco, it was like, Oh my God, I, I can be weird here and nobody cares. It's like, I'm not even weird compared to so many people here. <laughs> and, but, but she sang, she sang the blues. Actually, David Freiberg was friends with him. I mean, he brought her to San Francisco. I mean, he should be talking about Janice. Musically, though, um, her influences were so deep into blues and black music and bass. Yeah was a different kind of she was like a strong singer there was a scene happening she was a model she was married to a guitar player she could sing and and i think she was into singing she's an artist she's you know a creative person but i think she more kind of fell into it would you say that's true david like it wasn't a pursuit of hers or a passion necessarily that drove her to become a musician. 
That's probably how she could retire. <laughs> well, I, yeah, she was probably right. having a great time. I like what you said about Janice, though. Like you just said that you thought she listened to, to the old scratchy records so so much that she actually thought made her voice sound like that. She did. I think that's true. Yeah, she did. I yeah, swear to God, like her brother plus. gave me these tapes mm. of her at the University of Texas when she used oh, to, wow. she was in the Folk Society and she played auto harp and yeah. sang, yeah. and she sounded the timbre of her voice to me sounded like a phonograph, like she had created that sound of what this with the scratchy yeah. mm. needle on the you know the dust and all that stuff and uh, yeah because she could do different voices too she had a lot of different voices but that was i think where where her sound came from yeah and great and grace you know i mean grace is just a badass she's just <laughs> you know she's yeah. got she's not in the times that I've met her and hung out with her, she's not an intimidating presence. But when she's on stage, you know, if she looked at you, you, you know, it might scare the shit out of you. Because she was just, she's so powerful, you know. Like, it's the eyes. Mm-hmm. And, oh, yeah. uh, she had this wicked sense of humor. Oh, yeah. Yes. That would, uh, I mean, we could be at Winterland in San Francisco and everybody's trying to, trying to get in a Jefferson start Jefferson airplane. I was Jefferson airplanes, uh, dressing room. And, um, and she and her girlfriend could just get there and have a couple of drinks and, and start talking to people. And before you knew it, they were the only people there. <laughs> everybody, where everybody wanted to be, where all the, where all the, where all the drinks were. <laughs> so I don't know. You are right. She is a badass and it's not yeah. just the, the eyes and the voice, everything. Yeah. yeah. And she, she 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 did did have a really loud voice. Yeah, <laughs> she did. I mean, she yeah. we met. They were measuring when we when I got in the airplane that they were coming around with the the, the you know the decibel meters. Oh. Yeah. Both of both of us could sing loud enough to pass the threshold of pain. Room with us. How do you mic that? You don't even need the mic, right? <laughs> it's like a, the drum kit. I don't do yeah, that. I'm like it from the ceiling. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and Kathy can do that. What? No. You no, have a loud voice, Kathy. I don't. I don't have a loud voice. It's, I. I think if you did a you project meter between me and David, David would be twice as loud as me. <laughs> you probably have a point there. Yeah. I, okay. I do. David's I'm like I. Ben. I belt it out as loud you as I can. Tone. You got the tone, though. Mm. It's. It's not i don't have a ton of i mean whatever if my daughter would definitely disagree she'd be like oh mommy no not so loud that kind of leads um, me to my to my next question though though about i don't know you i mean we're talking you don't have a loud loud voice conversationally but i wanted to ask you about this um somebody to love for fenway i yeah. said on on youtube well you were certainly belting it out yeah <laughs> how did that come to to be how did that what were you doing that for I well, think the Fenway. Dodgers were busy that day. Oh. So. <laughs> Watch it. Tread lightly. You know, the quarantine had just happened, and baseball was an uncertainty, and Fenway didn't know what they were going to do, and they said, let's do a concert, an online concert fundraiser and, and ask bands who have played here before, artists who have played here before, to contribute something. 
I've never played there. I don't know. Maybe the historic huh? Jefferson Starship did probably. Uh, um, we did a we did a gig for the Jimmy Fund, like for the Red Sox, but at uh, Berkeley School of Music. So we do yeah. have a relationship with them. It's kind of right across the street from the from Fenway. Mm. Yeah, go Boston. <laughs> well, so you know, we submitted we submitted that, and they loved it and made it part of their thing, and that was really fun for us to do. first thing we did when we were quarantined and we kind of figured out how to do it we started out with like a click track and uh chris played his parts and then i sang it and then everybody yeah i came down and yeah donnie played drums down at david's house and using that same microphone yeah Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, that was the same same drum one drum mic i mean it's Uh, so weird (laughs) it's the drummer it's amazing how good it sounds like it is the drummer i mean it's a lot yeah. the drummer and the drums but wow. like way to go it up like and there it is it just sounds good yeah. that is a world-class drummer right there oh. yeah, donnie knows how to tune really his drums does. too having played with a lot of oh. drummers donnie knows how to make the drums sound huge and i first started playing with donnie back in the late 90s and the coolest thing is he'll sometimes be like, hey, man, why don't you play my kit? It's all mic'd up through the PA, big empty auditorium or theater with whatever, and you're just like, <laughs> And he goes out and listens to it, and, yeah, they. I think that must have one – that must be a reason why they sound so good through one mic. It is. I mean, he's a singer, too. He's a very musical, so he hears the tone, and if the tone isn't happening, it's not – he's not going to – be happy you know it takes forever sometimes that's the frustrating thing about drums but uh yeah i don't know playing for so long i think it gets etched in your head Mm. a lot of people what notes do i tune to god you know good question i just know what i like to hear yeah i like anywhere from high end mids down to as low as low as you can go but those are those drums at David's house. Those drums have great history, and they're just those drums that I mean, they sound good with anybody playing. Well, tell them where you they know. hear ah. those drums. Tell them about the drum fills. Well, those drum those drums were the drums I used when I played through the seventies with the uh, Elvin Bishop band. They were on that big hit. I fooled around and fell in love with the drum breaks, but yeah. they've been around forever. That that drum company is is Camco, but Camco sold out to DW, I think late seventies. But yeah, those those are those are great drums. The ones you showed us earlier. Yeah, you showed us. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, they're not much to look at. <laughs> Doesn't matter because they've been around forever. Yeah. But uh, a lot of history. Sound great, and and to have the one mic, it's just ridiculous. It, it just worked. That's great. All right, let's switch to guitar for before we wrap this up because Jude, you're you've also you nerd out on the guitar. You've got uh, you've got a podcast as well. Yeah. 
what's you want to plug this i was listening to this and i it, it's it, it was too nerdy for me but man it's it's good just listen to kenny wayne shepherd just enthusiastically talk about guitars that was kind of cool um what what, what is your podcast called what's it's your called no guitar is safe the guitar show where guitar heroes plug in <laughs> and, uh, well you know I take pride in the fact that it's always guitars in hand. Like these heroes are always playing their guitars and demonstrating how they came up with stuff or what influenced them or how they play their hit songs or what exercises they do or just give tips or we just jam. Then Jude plays with them. Yeah. 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 We, <laughs> I did the first like 107 episodes. I would always go to their studio. I, I think about how many trips that is. Mm-hmm. And then now with the pandemic, we're doing a lot of stuff over zoom, but yeah. It's, What's that like? The plug. <laughs> so when you go to them, you take your guitar, when you were going to them, do you take your guitar with you? I always bring a guitar, but sometimes they have guitars, you know, a lot of, they, they have the guitar <laughs> disease, yeah. which is they have 60 or 70 and they still need one more, just one more. <laughs> so we all, we all have that disease, but yeah. Yeah. It sounds like, yeah, you guys all have that, but that's, uh, yeah, it was, it's fun listening to that. And you're, you're also the editor of, uh, was it which guitar magazine? Well, for nine years, I was the associate editor of Guitar Player. Now I'm Los Angeles editor of Guitar Player magazine. You know, I'm roving it. I contribute that, like once a month and, and they sponsor my podcast. So that's great. Great. Yeah. I tell you. That's so our boy. That's our boy. You're in Los Angeles too? Yeah, I got pulled down here. LA has a way of pulling people in, you know, like I, I came down for two years and all of a sudden it's been 11 years. How'd that happen? <laughs> Music. Music. Yeah, music and, and and the weather. Weather is great. Best of everything. And, yeah. And you got the but Dodgers. You missed what? the bay. <laughs> Sorry, what? And you still got the Dodgers. And now you got the Dodgers. So, you know, that's good, right? You know, my Bay <laughs> Area friends will kill me. Maybe Donnie will, for, like, if the Giants are 100% out of it, and then it's like the Dodgers versus Houston, even before <laughs> the conspiracy and before the uh, cheating I mean, I still am going to probably root for the Dodgers. I mean, I, my father took me to games when I, he used to come over to my elementary school and pull me out of school and take me to the day games at Candlestick Park. Oh, nice! So I grew up. I grew up with the Giants. You know, I mean, Willie Mays and, and uh, yeah, nice. it's kind of. I mean, I'm kind of like a sports fan, like a Chicago fan is. You know, do or die. Right. I mean, I've been yeah. with them forever. Yeah. I have nothing against the Dodgers. I just hate them. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, it's I like, I understand. hate them, but they're like from my block. If somebody from another you know block why? is going to pick them. on them. I hate them because they're always talking about your mom. They're, they're like the Yankees. They're always However, there. But the Giants, so, you know, the Giants have more. I mean, you've, you've won World Series I mean, lately. I'm, yeah. It's we, been a long time good, for us. Yeah. We're always we, good. We just hurt. can't win it big. So, yeah. You didn't just compare the Dodgers to the Yankees, did you? <laughs> no, I'm just saying that those money teams, you know, they seem to always be in the hunt. Yeah. But, you know, when they're rebuilding and stuff like that, you just have to take a deep breath and just kind of bear with it. But, I like uh, that we have yeah. a former giant coaching them. That's cool. Yeah. So I hope for the best. But, you know, everything's so screwed up that who knows what's going to happen. Yeah. Anyway, uh, what, what we do know is Jefferson Starship is... Jeff Star- is happening. Is happening. Always. <laughs> and, we're looking- and we can look forward to seeing you live hopefully next year god hopefully yeah hopefully. yeah yeah well, there you go there's your pretty your your artwork from space box, space yeah. box. oh yeah oh, the space- oh look at that plug away kathy yeah mother and the sun it has <laughs> yeah, a life this is our own. this is our new uh record with the specialty packaging that we had custom made it opens up from a regular size cd to a 
functional box. That yeah, you just has... blow into it and it inflates like a balloon animal. <laughs> well, it unfolds. I could do it. This one's already done. And uh, oh. there's space inside. And then there's this beautiful artwork all around that was done by this young guy, uh, Nick Moeller. This is uh, Cassiopeia. She's she's a constellation. And in uh, Greek mythology, I believe, she's... She's rolling over in the sky because she was vain. But before that, long before that, Cassiopeia is the mother of the sun and the moon. She is ether. She is the original goddess. That is what our record is named after. And this is my actual son on the cover, Hendrix, uh, oh, nice. sailing a sailboat <laughs> across a sea of stars, which is very uh, Cantoner-esque. Uh, yeah. imagery and this is this whole thing is dedicated to paul this all the the cool space imagery and this young artist that did this art I, he's so he's maybe 21 years old i don't think he's ever mm. he's definitely never seen a vinyl record before <laughs> he was like what do i do with this he's never made an you know he never has done album art he just does art so uh it, it's so cool that he did this and it's so beautiful and uh you know, I hope he wins a Grammy for it. Really I lovely. love that it's full of stars. I don't know if there's any science fiction geeks, but I know Paul Kantner was. And the, the big money line from 2001, A Space Odyssey, he's floating out there above Saturn. He comes up to the monolith, which is a, basically a cube, and he looks into it. And he's like, oh, my God, it's full of stars. So that's so <laughs> cool about our box from that sort of science fiction mm-hmm. thing. I bet Paul would have dug that. Yeah, he would have. Nice. So what are we waiting for? Let's just just go out and buy it. Go and get it. Uh, Go get it. Get the space box. (laughs) Mother of the Sun is the album. Jefferson Starship is the band. Thank you so much. This has been so much fun to have you guys, to have everyone here. All all five of you is wonderful. Uh, This is such a treat. Thank you. Thank Thank you, guys. Thank you so much. Yeah. We really appreciate it. Yeah, we do too. And we, yeah, again, we look forward to seeing you on the road and uh, look forward to, to more and new music and everything so best of luck awesome and uh yeah take care and we'll, we'll see. yeah Bobby, stay busy enjoy yeah. further uh, we'll see you further down the road none of us were wearing any pants by the way uh, i guess oh you had to lift <laughs> yeah we don't wear pants when we do interviews just so you know <laughs> Uh, no pants. Good, to, good to know. I've got no pants. <laughs> the We're no, not either. Doing the no pants dance. There we go. All right. Okay, so that's a quick wrap up, and uh, thank you so much to Jefferson Starship for uh, taking the time out to talk with us and tell us all about Mother of the Sun. A big thank you to Eric Baker at Primary Wave Entertainment for letting us use the music. Uh, also, JB Brenner, as always, thank you so much. We are What Difference Does It Make, a proud member of the Pantheon Podcast family. Please follow us. We're at What Difference Does It Make, WDDIMpodcast.com, and all social networks. And until next week, this is Dave. This is Holly. Check you later. Over and out.
Want your business to have the best opportunity for success? Take a tip from tech industry leader Intel when you move or expand in Ohio. The new Silicon Heartland is the place forward-thinking business leaders find ample talent, a highly ranked business climate, convenient central location, plus an especially low-risk environment for site selection. Where else can you have all the room you need to grow while rubbing elbows with the giants in your industry? Visit successinohio.com today. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. Fantasy Points.